on the line with us is Governor Patterson. And uh, yesterday, Albany, there was a big problem. Would you tell our audience, maybe you start from the beginning, what the heck is going on in Albany? So, John, the highest court in the United States is the United States Supreme Court. Of course, that's the federal court. Each state, uh, most states, their highest court is called the state Supreme Court. New York is different. The state Supreme Court in New York has two levels of judiciary higher than it is. One is called the appellate division. That's if you don't like what happened in the state Supreme Court, you go there. And then the final arbiter is a seven-member panel known as the New York State um, Appellate Division. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, the New York State Court of Appeals. The New York State Court of Appeals. That uh, body is run by a chief judge, just like the United States Supreme Court. They don't have more than one vote, but they are the convener. And Governor Hochul was filling a vacancy that occurred when the spitting chief judge of the Court of Appeals, Janet D. Fiore, decided to retire. And she did she decide to retire or was she pushed out because uh, uh, what's your just opinion? I think that uh, uh, Chief Judge DeFiori and her cohorts were certainly uh, not even really middle of the road. They were veering to the right, and I think a lot of the members didn't like that. And just like in Washington, when the Republicans blocked the nomination of President Obama in his last year, they decided to uh, uh, not be particularly cooperative, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to judge Steve Fiore to leave. So now, so now that explain to that, uh, Governor they, Patterson. They replace her with a, a, a man named Hector LaSalle. He's from Suffolk County. Uh, it would be the first Hispanic judge on the Court of Appeals. And, uh, Curtis, you wanted to ask me something. No, no. Can you continue? Describe who this gentleman is and how important it would be, what a precedent it would set uh, in terms of for the Latino community, because they've never had a statewide official. They've never had a statewide official. They've never had a citywide official. Uh, the highest any person of his, uh, Latino origin has ever gotten is borough president. And so... Uh, It would accomplish exactly that. There are some decisions he's made that uh, 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 former Republican chair Ed Cox on uh, Cats at Night yesterday pointed out were made for reasons related to process and not were decided based on sort of a political alignment. And what is uh, interesting in this situation is. Usually, people declare how they're going to vote after the process. In other words, have a hearing, have him sit down, grill him if you have to, and find out where he's really coming from. In this particular case, 12 Democratic state senators have said that they don't want to vote for him without hearing from him. Now, there are 42 Democrats in the Senate, 21 Republicans. So the Democrats have a two-thirds majority. They can override a veto. And if 12 of them, as it is now, aren't going to vote for her, they have um, 
for, that would leave them with 30, which is under the number that they need to confirm. So these 12 have a pivotal vote here. Now, what about the unions? Because they seem to, uh, they're the strongest vanguard in trying to deny uh, the governor her choice. So what do these unions object to, and why do they have so much power in this process? Well, uh, Governor Hochul took office on August 24th of 2021. So, uh you know, she ran for election in November 2022, so she's only been there about a year. And I think that the unions have been supportive of her. I don't think all of her points of view are uh, coincide with theirs, but they were willing to support her. And when she got into trouble, when the polls tightened in September, October of last year, they really pitched in and fought hard to help get her the victory. And I think they feel that the first thing she does is to appoint a judge who they think is not pro-labor. That's not going over very well with them. And that's part of what's motivating the 12 senators and probably nine or 10 others who haven't gone on the record but feel the same way. Now, this generous character who had a press conference yesterday used to be the student of Peter Malone Sr., came out of the moderate wing of the Democratic Party, realized he would have a battle to keep his seat, so he decided to join AOC and the Democrat Socialists of America. How could they let a guy like this? First of all, he has stopped uh, the change of no cash bail. He said, that's dead on arrival. And he's saying that this judge is dead on arrival. Who the hell is, who dropped dead and left him in charge? Well, he has a very prominent role. He really was the driving force that made Andrea Stewart-Cousins the majority leader. First, he was the Senate minority leader. Then she became uh, the first woman majority leader in New York State a few years ago. But he's always had a prominent role in her administration. And uh, he's uh, taking a strong position on this issue. And it's it's fascinating because um, my father, Basil Patterson, served on the Judicial Nominating Committee with uh, Ed Cox. And one of the things that Ed said last night that was absolutely true is this was one of the processes in Albany that never really became political. They really tried to pick who the academicians were as judges and how They ruled based on the law, not based on their political affiliation. I mean, there were some comments last night on our show that, oh, you can't have too many lefties on the court, blah, blah, blah. Listen, President Trump, I probably think, has too many right, had too many righties on the United States Supreme Court. But guess what? He's the president. He can nominate them. And they got um, approved by the Senate. So you can do that. But the, the reality is that in this particular situation, um, it would take um, those 12 judges not voting for her to, uh, to, to stop it. I, we would assume that the 21 Republican senators would vote for Mr. LaSalle because you're right, Curtis. He would certainly be more middle of the road or even slanting a little to the right than anyone who would be selected should he is his nomination not be confirmed. Now, 
You were a governor who at times would have to call up the National Guard. We saw Andrew Cuomo do that. We saw George Pataki do that. How is it that Governor Hochul, in her own backyard of Erie County, where she claimed she could see the province of Ontario, Canada, through her kitchen window, did not call up the National Guard in time and look at this disaster in her own backyard? Well, I have a little bit of a different opinion, I think, than everyone else's. I heard her talking about the potential of this storm and what the state was doing to be ready uh, back before the storm occurred. Some people are saying that she didn't do anything until 40 minutes before the the storm occurred. But I'm very sure of what, what I heard last week. You know, there are just some times, and this is, I think, one of them, where the weather was a whole lot worse than they ever thought it would be. And they had some issues related to the freezing of the lake and uh, the wind that complicated this particular storm that I think, you know, I'm usually not, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, I'm usually not critical of a public servant unless they just weren't there. In other words, that they were not in that particular area at the time to address the issue. Well, let me be specific, Governor Patterson. So the snow and the blizzard conditions are hitting Buffalo at 12 noon Friday. I mean, horrific conditions. The governor decided on Saturday to get in the helicopter and come down to New York City to look at the flooding in the Rockaways. Flew right back, didn't go to Buffalo, decided to open up the Christmas gifts on Christmas Eve, spend time with her family in the governor's mansion on Eagle Street. Didn't show up in Buffalo till 5 o'clock on Sunday. The damage was done by then. Is it possible that they couldn't fly there in the middle of the storm? Other than that, I have no comment. Yeah, Curtis, the truth is they probably couldn't fly there. They probably couldn't drive there. She should have been there in advance. She, yeah, she grew but, up in that area. She knew what those well, snows Well, yeah, are Buffalo's like. her home. You're right. But I had the sheriff of Erie County, which Buffalo uh, on last night, and we can play back some of the clip uh, later on. And it was one big mess. And he blamed two the two storms, one Thanksgiving where they got some areas got 77 inches, a record, and uh, that – Lake Erie, it's been warm weather. Lake Erie has not been frozen over. So when it's not been frozen over and all of a sudden you got high winds, it picks up the, the, the water from Lake Erie, puts it into the atmosphere, and creates the snow and creates the storm. But That's right. It, and it, the sheriff did not appear to even be hinting that uh, there was something the governor could have done to anticipate that you know sometimes you know as they say stuff happens we had 11 feet of snow fall in oswego county back in 2007 nobody saw it coming 11 feet that's the 132 inches and um it was a real mess and it was for them just as bad as the storm was in buffalo but nobody um blamed Governor Spitzer for, you know, for not responding quickly enough. But I think that they did the the best that they could. I mean, you do over-prepare. But in terms of visiting, sometimes it's actually dangerous to go into a storm while it's occurring. 
Well, I got to tell you, Governor, we were a laughing stock all across America. There are guys well, in Buffalo. Forty people died is a lot of people. Right, but also there were guys on snowmobiles looting in Buffalo. No public safety whatsoever. No national guard. Once again, New York State a laughing stock. Another reason for people to continue the exodus out of Western New York. There's so many people who are going to say we had it. We're on our way to DeSantis land, Freedom Land. We're coming. We're coming to Florida. Are you going, Curtis? No, no, not we love I. New York. Okay, well, that's good. As long as you're still here, we, we have love hope. New York. But I think governors uh, have got to start moving National Guard in when local officials are not going to provide public safety, especially especially in emergencies. We see we've seen looting before the summer of 2020. We've seen uh, looting at other times, and it seems to be governors seem to be like, oh, I don't want to send the guard in. Well, that's what the Guard is for, to restore law and order. If you're not going to let the police do their job, let the National Guard do the job. Well, you know, one of the problems that the National Guard has had, and they do the best that they can, is that the proper training for specific events, such as this one, isn't really helping to the extent that they can add as much as you might think that they could. But what I would say is um, I'm sure uh, that's where the governor grew up. I'm sure as soon as she realized it was uh, going the way it was that she acted on it. Well, all I remember is a press conference where she blamed global warming, climate change. Come on, Governor Patterson. They've had storms like this before. This is not an aberration. In 1977, Governor Kerry had to bring in the, the Army engineers from Fort Drum. It was so bad. He had to bring in the National Guard. It was so bad. They've had storms like this before. Well, I don't, I don't think it would be wise to blame a particular storm on a theory about uh, climate. But what is true is we're having these once-in-a-century storms, once-in-a-century hurricanes, once-in-a-century tornadoes, and we're having them every two or three years. So I wouldn't have addressed the issue about this individual storm, but I would say in total, if you look at the weather patterns these days, they are far more dangerous than they've been uh, in history. Bottom line, what's what's going on in Albany, uh, Governor, is that uh, they're telling uh, Governor Hochul already signed the uh, the raise for them for the state Senate and the state assembly. Is that correct? She signed it right before New Year's. Yes. So that's signed. So she had nothing to defend herself. Number two, they gave her, the commission gave her seven judges uh, to pick one of the seven judges. She picked one of the seven judges. And, you know, she comes from a law enforcement family. Don't forget uh, her husband was a U.S. attorney. And she picked the one that she thought uh, was the best one. And number three, the Senate shut her down and told her, no way. And one of the senators uh, that runs the Judicial Committee says, if if the Republicans plan to vote with the minority portion of the state Democratic Senate, we're not going to send it to the floor at all. That is wrong. John, remember one thing. Only 12 senators have said they're not going to vote for her. If the governor can 
can. But the judicial uh, committee, what was his name? He ran for right. uh, Manhattan borough president. Holloway, Holly? Well, the, the, the uh, Hoyleman. That's Hoyleman it. Is the head of the committee. Hoyleman. But and he says he, he's but, not going to send it to the floor, so you can't vote on it. Well, there is a procedure called a motion to discharge, which could be brought by another member. And if the rest of the party goes along with the governor, he can get this judge approved. All right. Do it. Well, guess what? We we need somebody to stand up and do a motion to discharge because this is a lot of crap what's going on up there. And they're holding the governor hostage. All right, John. Thank I'll you. come back and I'll fix this. Thank both. you. We want you to make a comeback. We need you back in Albany. <laughs> Take care, Curtis. Happy New Take Year. Care. I'll see you later, Governor. <laughs>